welcome to this first episode of the Geneva Health Files podcast. Geneva Health Files is an interdisciplinary media initiative that reports on power and politics in global health. I am Preeti Patnaik, an independent journalist, and I have been working in Switzerland for the last decade. My journey into global health journalism was shaped by my diverse academic path through science, economics and development studies. Over the past 20 years I have mostly been a journalist but I also had an intermittent stint at a United Nations public health agency which gave me a limited glimpse of global health politics from the inside. I founded Geneva Health Files to meet the demand for critical news reporting on global health from Geneva where it all takes shape. Many of you will know that Geneva is home to a constellation of UN organizations but apart from hosting the World Health Organization which is the UN's only technical agency meaning that it sets standards and norms Geneva is also home to more than 200 different organizations working in global health and not only that a whole array of different organizations from human rights to international trade are also based here Diplomacy is at the heart of much of the work done here. All countries have their permanent missions to the UN in Geneva. So in that sense it is one of the most international cities in the world. But at the same time it's probably the only big city in the world that attracts so little public scrutiny or media attention up until the pandemic of COVID-19. That's where Geneva Health Files comes in. sure Geneva has been known as the global health capital of the world quietly shaping our lives for many years now much before the pandemic it is a city that fluently melds disciplines and interests to create a dynamic ecosystem where private and public interests collide in fascinating and yet less visible ways and the outcomes of decisions made here matter to all of us all the more reason to train a very sharp light on these processes to tease out what's really happening good afternoon everybody in the past two weeks the number of cases of covid-19 outside china has increased 13 fold and the number of affected countries has tripled we're deeply concerned both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction we have therefore made the assessment that covid-19 can be characterized as a pandemic i have been reporting on global health for the last few years but when the pandemic hit it became even more urgent to tell these stories about the interplay of political and commercial private and public interests here in geneva so i started publishing geneva health files with the aim of shining light on some of these critical linkages with relation to the pandemic itself of course but also on other areas of global health week after week i have tracked how health policies are being made and unmade in geneva and by extension everywhere else what is made in geneva does not stay in geneva but impacts us all from deciding about sharing genetic sequences of viruses to regulating the amount of trans fats from pushing for ways to make medicines cheaper to controlling a disease outbreak in africa or asia or as now the whole world over 
Geneva is the crucible where it all comes together. During this past year, Geneva Health Files has built a reputation for incisive and comprehensive reporting, putting complex developments in the wider context while getting right to the heart of the matter. For instance, in May 2020, we were the first to call out the European Union's role in moving the global response to the pandemic out of the World Health Organization and into the private sector-driven ACT Act accelerator. Good day. My name is Christian Lindmay, and I'm welcoming you to today's global COVID-19 press conference. Covax is ready to deliver, but we can't deliver vaccines we don't have. As you know, bilateral deals, export bans, vaccine nationalism, and vaccine diplomacy have caused distortions in the market, with gross inequities in supply and demand. Increased demand for vaccines has led to delays in securing tens of millions of doses that Covax was counting on. Throughout the year, as the gap widened between those who could access protection from the virus through vaccines and those who could not, we consistently pointed out the conceptual and practical failings of the Covax facility that was created to precisely avoid the kind of inequities that we witness today. Earlier this year. As more voices began calling out for a pandemic treaty, we regularly tracked and monitored their motivations. A treaty for whose benefit exactly, and why move at such breakneck speed? Will there be meaningful participation from the global south in the articulation of such a treaty? We raise important questions and are critical in our reporting on these issues. Hello and good day. Good talk. Welcome to today's press conference on COVID-19 updates, and we have a very special guest today. Welcome to His Excellency, Federal Minister of Health Jens Spahn. Thank you, Wolf. Um, next question goes to Priti Patnaik from Geneva Health Files. Priti, please unmute yourself. Good afternoon. This is for the minister. The leadership of Germany in global health, and specifically at WHO, is acknowledged. But how do you reconcile the position of Germany in opposition to the TRIPS waiver? One could argue that there's some kind of a discordance between health and trade interests within Germany. That doesn't seem like a position of leadership as far as the TRIPS waiver is concerned. How would you explain that? Thank you. Uh, there are so many corporations uh, on the way uh, that actually what we want to reach, what we want to achieve, can be achieved without uh, inflicting uh, with uh, with these um, uh, waiver regulation. That is there, and I mean, uh, Tedros just uh, made it uh, made it clear. Um, these were companies, these were people with their research, with their engagement for years, by the way. It was not invented within some months. This was a 10, 15 years journey uh, to develop this mRNA technology that is now for the first time used um, uh, for this vaccine. Um, uh, that actually that should be appreciated. And of course you appreciate it by in, uh, intellectual property. Uh, and so if we would not be able to reach the goal without Uh, this debate of uh, uh, how to change the TRIPS approach and, and patent waivers, then we would, be, we would be on the way with you. 
or with many others, uh, but we can reach it without. So why put this burden of this ideological debate on this? Instead, we should just solve the problem and bring vaccines to the people. As new waves of SARS-CoV-2 and its variants swept across the planet, we closely followed and commented on each twist and turn of the negotiations underway at the World Trade Organization, the highest rule-making body of international trade. Month after month, we have been keeping a close eye on the evolution of these discussions from the time South Africa and India first made a bold proposal to temporarily suspend intellectual property protections to meet the unprecedented demand for COVID-19 medical products. We have brought our readers the nuance, the politics and the technical details, combining it all to craft a coherent story emerging out of Geneva. As ever, we have been keen to bring an interdisciplinary approach to tell our stories. We look at global health also through the lens of international trade. This first year, we have also participated in some of the many conversations convened by actors in Geneva to discuss the challenges unleashed by the pandemic. It gave us the opportunity to engage with policymakers and influencers. For example, we spoke to Ruth Dreyfus, the former president of Switzerland, while moderating a high-level dialogue on the TRIPS waiver organized by the Third World Network. Madame Dreyfus, what is your view on the TRIPS waiver proposal and the opposition of a handful of developed countries, including Switzerland, on the proposal? Medicines, vaccine, diagnostic and medical devices whose R&D is financed by public and philanthropic resources should be considered common goods. My country, Switzerland, doesn't share this idea. But I think it is victim of a vision that is more ideological, that really pragmatic and adapted to the challenge we are facing now. Ideological for the reason that making the rights of intellectual property like very sacred is not a political position I can share. And from Geneva, we have also been observing the momentous geopolitical shifts in the wake of this pandemic. Here's a moment from the discussion I had back in May this year with Francesco Suman at the University of Padova in Italy at a time when India was at the peak of a devastating wave of infections. I would like to ask you geopolitical questions. So I wonder if there is a sort of a diplomatic value in the aid that is coming from Western country to India. What do you think about this? Yeah, absolutely. I think COVID-19 has had an immense disruptive effect across the world and across economies on many different sectors. But it has also totally turned upside down diplomacy, as we understand it. Not just global health diplomacy, but we know that vaccines have become a currency. We have spoken about vaccine diplomacy. We have heard about vaccine nationalism. I read earlier this week that the EU also sees vaccine as a security policy. The WTO has said that vaccine policy is economic policy. So you have so many different kinds of forces coming together to actually shape what aid means in the context of COVID-19. There is no doubt that the rush for humanitarian assistance for India is, you know, certainly a part of it is definitely genuine. But of course, it definitely has implications for diplomacy. With the Biden administration coming in, I think it will definitely redefine the U.S.-India relationship. What Geneva Health Files does differently from others is to reflect on the interdisciplinary aspects of global health. 
It's not only about health, but also trade, finance, diplomacy, and of course science and the politics of science. Even after this pandemic dies down, there will be a need to continue to sift through the sources, investigate, analyze, and report on how international health policy is being shaped in Geneva. As long as there are interests from alcohol, sugar, pathogens, and politics, global health will remain an important and fascinating story. Thank you for listening to this reflection in my journey in media entrepreneurship from the capital of global health. We will be bringing you future episodes focusing on two key issues that could find a conclusion before the year is out: the TRIPS waiver and the pandemic treaty. All you need to know about international health policy making in these pandemic times and beyond. If you wish to read our comprehensive bi-weekly newsletters, head to genevahealthfiles.substack.com. That's genevahealthfiles.substack.com or find us on Twitter at filesgeneva. My special thanks to my production team for bringing this podcast series to you. Until next time. Bye.